Hello and welcome to the Odd Couple Podcast. This is Sadatya. And I'm Dr. Shish. So today with us, we have a very exciting guest, Ghazal Raina. Ghazal has 22 years experience in diverse sectors of education, teacher training, school management, and CSR. Interestingly, Ghazal started her career with an entrepreneurial stint, launching a nursery school for village students, and then pursuing her career with schools before moving on to working with a not-for-profit foundation in Bangalore, working with school heads at a grassroots level and enabling them for effective teaching. Guzzle then moved to the corporate world, supporting various corporations in their CSR activities. In her current professional avatar, Guzzle leads a CSR for a major automobile company in Chennai. In her personal life, Guzzle champions the cause of co-parenting and families going through divorce and separation. She has started two support groups, the latest one being Milap, a group that helps non-custodial parents and promotes advocacy for co-parenting. Welcome to the show, Guzzle Raina. Or can I just call you Ghazal? Yes. Thank you so much for having me on the show. And yes, you can call me Ghazal. Really wonderful to be here speaking to both of you. Wow. Thank you, Ghazal, for coming on the show again. So it's an amazing cause that you're leading with your organization. And I must say that it's not so well known to people outside who's not dealing with something like this. So if you could throw a little bit more light on what really is parental alienation. Okay, yes, you're right. Uh, The whole concept of support groups is very new and I would say uh, very alien, uh, especially in India. Because when you go through a life experience like divorce or separation, the first instinct is to actually not talk about it and hide it. So a lot of people try to deal with this um, either singularly on their own or uh, probably share it with their families, but actually seeking support for it whether it is in the form of uh, other people who would be going through a similar journey or even taking professional advice through a counselor is something a very, very uh, few people actually opt for. So you wouldn't have heard of support groups and not many people join it, but they could become a very, very powerful tool in helping people navigate through this this life-changing experience, what I say is of divorce and separation. Coming to your second question, parental alienation which is is one of the cause that Milap uh, strongly advocates against, is basically a phenomena where one of the parent is completely cut off from the life of the child, especially during or uh, after separation or divorce in a family. It has been recognized as a form of child abuse. And that is why this matter becomes more serious and needs a lot of attention from not just the legal world, but from counsellors, therapists, psychologists, social psychologists, media, I think groups like you who, t- who are actually talking about it. Because through this parental alienation that a child is exposed to, you could say it is actually a willful erosion of the memory of one of the parent from the child's life. And I think all of us know that the foundation and the root for our life and our personalities begin from our childhood. When you say alienation, is it a parent trying to just alienate the child from another parent only for the cause of divorce? So it's coming from a place of spite? Or I'm sure there are various other circumstances which might lead to alienation. Right. So if you could throw light on on that aspect of it, that would be great. Yes. So um, alienation often begins in the families, probably even um, years before the couple actually decides to separate or uh, divorce. And uh, like you said, the cause for it could be a discord between the couple themselves. 
Unfortunately, children who are a life that the couple creates together also become collateral damage in trying to sort out their own relationship with each other. So it what starts off as a way to take revenge or get even with the other couple or other parent, sorry, is when one parent actually tries to brainwash the child into believing that the other parent is one, not necessary. Two, is not contributing in any way to their welfare or well-being or even financially supporting them. Three, uh, is actually damaging to the child. So there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of hate, there's a lot of anger that the child starts experiencing because the messaging that goes to the child is about a negative connotation to their other parent. And the relationship we have with our parents is actually like I said, very foundational. Uh, it's very important. And if you don't have a good, healthy, nurturing memory of your parent, you can actually grow up to be a person with a lot of personality issues, a lot of children who go through parental alienation or actually suffer or are put through it, have shown to do a lot of uh, substance abuse, go through severe depression, have uh, relationship issues themselves. So it is a very potent issue to have in your childhood. And then later on, as you grow up into an adult as well. Right. And obviously, we have the legal system in India. And and you go through a legal procedure to obtain a divorce uh, from your spouse or ex or whatever you want to call it. But doesn't the legal system of India grant custody of the child by default to the mother? Or oh, that's at least my ignorant understanding of the law. Could you explain a little more on what the legalities are? And how does this parental alienation post the legal, whatever the court has observed, how, how does it pan out after that? And does the courts interfere in that sense? Well, that's a very interesting and a very complex and a complicated question. One, because uh, I think when the legal system gets involved, there are a lot of dynamics to it, right? The courts do uphold the best interest of the child, right? This is a term which often courts and uh, legal professionals bring up out of court and within court, right? Uh, which says that whatever is meant to for the best interest, which is emotionally, socially, culturally, and mentally of the child and physically, of course, that is the safety of the child is what needs to be upheld. Traditionally, legally, uh, the traditional view is that wherever the child will get more nurturing, physical safety and personal looking after is where the child needs to be. And that happens to be the mother uh, as far as children of a certain age are concerned. And the mother, that's why becomes the natural custodian of the child. However, I think the dynamics are changing very fast. And I think while it is true that the role of a father in a child's life in any family is undergoing a major shift. And so it is in a family which say, faces separation and divorce. At the same time, the courts are also relooking at the fact that when we say best interest of the child, what is going to be the role of the father? How is it that the father is going to spend time with the child? I would say, let's call it custodial and non-custodial parent here. Uh, in a lot of cases, there are non-custodial mothers as well. I was a non-custodial mother. How does the child actually get to enjoy and spend time with both the parents, especially the non-custodial parents? Now, I come to the unfortunate part, which is that the Guardians and the, the GWA Act is something that has remained untouched for many, many years, probably a few decades, whereas a lot of laws 
related to matrimony divorce have undergone changes what does that mean it means that there still are not enough laws to protect a non custodial parent and i'm not here calling out a certain gender although there is lot of statistics to prove that a lot of fathers are those who are going through parental alienation or those who go through complete disconnect from their children but there are a lot of mothers also who go through it i'll probably talk about it a little later but the fact is that there is no law for shared parenting and it's very interesting that what the other parent gets the non custodial parent is a visitation and um, a visitation is similar to what someone serving a jail term would get so uh, statistics also show that an average non custodial parents probably gets to spend less than 10 hours in a month even though they do have a court order to spend time with their child so it's called um, uh, santa claus parenting so there are a lot of foundations who are doing a- enormous work in this direction they say that the parent just comes in or can only come in with a few gifts uh, like santa claus once or twice a month and then go away so unfortunately the laws can't enforce shared parenting they can only advocate they can only counsel they can only request parents to look at shared parenting as a very important aspect of the child custody whether the child custody has been granted or it is still underway however the reality is very different than what the textbook says right and um, they say more than 1 and 1/2 lakh children per year undergo parental alienation which is a complete disconnect from the other parent so that is where we are in terms of our legal scenario however i like i always say that legal recourse is the best course for people to go to to get justice and um, that's what people i'm hoping are also looking at sure i just have a question over here i mean those numbers that you just threw at us is like it's just huge it's and it's kind of sad to hear that and it's even sadder to hear the term santa claus used in such a depressing way but doesn't child have a option to choose who they want to be with isn't that an angle and is that why the influences that we talked about earlier that leads to this particular situation well the child has a very interesting role in this when the child is actually the spotlight of this entire you know coming together of the parents a lot of times children have a different take on on um, you know spending time with their parents if you look at the entire psychology of a child who is experiencing their parents divorce what is the number one thing that children say they say that we still want our parents to be together right it's very heart wrenching to hear that from a child who's parents have decided to go for a separation but at the same time the child also experiences a lot of trauma a lot of fear anxiety insecurity feelings of uh, abandonment uh, who's going to take care of me the first thing is is the question that comes to a child's mind and depending on what kind of space the parent with whom they are actually co-living is giving them they may end up not voicing what they really want deep down right interestingly child psychology especially with alienation says that the child actually is in a survival mode right in a survival mode you won't fight the predator you won't fight the environment you will actually blend in so the child ends up just trying to placate the parent with whom they are living and if that parent says that you're not going to spend time or subconsciously they know they will get angry if the child is let's say happy to spend time with the other parent they will 
create a, a false sense of anger towards the other parent and tell them that I am not interested in spending time with you uh, just to please the other parent. This is one side of the psychology and in this actually is very traumatic for the other parent who hears the me- continuous message saying I'm not wanted in my child's life. However, I think when children grow up to an age where they can take a call on their own, a lot of them, number one, choose to keep contact with their parents despite now the other parent not being happy because they are individuals and adults themselves. Some of them actually uh, willingly choose to alienate completely despite now being independent and under no sort of emotional bondage from the other parent because the number of years that they've experienced alienation has actually damaged their relationship with that parent so greatly that reversal is not possible and that's a sad reality for a lot of parents who are hoping that my child probably becomes an adult at 20, 25 and will come back but there is hope a lot of parents do see their children coming back as well those who realize that alienation is something which is like I often say holding a burning coal in your hand and uh, hoping that the other person will die. So you, a lot of children do make peace and come back to uh, reunite with their parents. That is my hope for each parent who goes through alienation. I'm sorry, Gazal. So I just want to take you back a little bit, you know, because uh, there's a bit which I didn't really understand too well and which was with the law because... Most of us see a lot of this in foreign cinemas as compared to Indian cinemas. And most of our knowledge about this is from the cinemas. When you actually look at it abroad, they keep using the term co-parenting. And after divorce, most of the the time is split between parents. Like the one parent keeps it over the weekend. The other keeps it during the weekdays. You spend Easter with somebody. You spend, you know, Thanksgiving with the other. But you said that there is no real law in India for co-parenting. Is that my understanding? Is it right? Yeah, there is no law or there is still no provision within law to actually enforce shared parenting. The law strongly advocates that parents co-parent. They share the time with both children. It's not that they don't say, we don't can't do anything about it. It's just that it's not an enforceable law. Correct. So having said that, then... By law, within India, the child should be with the mother, right? So then if that is true, then see, we have to understand something. That is, parental alienation is not coming from a place where you both are, you know, cordial with each other and, you know, we're going to say, all right, you know, we're we're splitting for our differences, etc. Let the child not be, you know, subject to whatever we're going through. It's coming from a place of the reason why it exists is because you don't agree on anything. And to a certain extent, one parent becomes really spiteful. So that's not coming from a very nice place. So if the law on our side is tipped towards just say a mother having the child, then it's very skewed because at the end of the day, even if the law doesn't take the power to enforce equality, now it's going to be always tipped in favor of the mother, right? And used as a bargaining chip. Yeah. If if you look at the numbers, uh, that is a sad reality. But Without getting into the whole gender divide here, which is something that both me as a person as well as uh, Milap as a group doesn't get into. We have, I mean, we have members who come from across both genders, aggrieved from both genders. But what you said makes a lot of sense. 
and the fact is that there are two human beings who did not agree to stay together so there will be resentment there will be a lot of families on both sides trying to egg them to not be cordial with each other there will be the legal system which will probably fan their issues with each other because it prolongs the entire journey of the separation makes it even more difficult i think whatever shred of respect people had for each other also goes out of the window all of these things make it extremely tough for a couple to actually say let me just um, keep everything aside and see what i can do for my child see if i can just continue that strain of thought of mine again if the child is given to the mother let's assume right how long does is the discourse of the law because let's assume it takes 5 or 6 or 10 years before they decide on what the verdict is and who the child should be or no you guys you know co-parent as long as it's tipped in one side and the discourse of the law takes such a long time that child is automatically being alienated from the other parent or is the other parent allowed to co-parent during that period of time actually both scenarios is what is the truth right uh, unfortunately a large number of cases at least that come to us as a support group or those that we read about in the statistics are about one of the parents not getting access or any kind of time with the child forget about shared parenting here is a parent who's not able to even meet and speak to the child through a phone call and i'll probably take this time to also talk about the last two to and a half years which is during the covid uh, scenario which has been extremely tough for parents who did not stay with their children so covid unfortunately became a huge tool for a lot of parents to keep the children completely away so while they had a visitation court order which actually allows them to spend let's say a weekend with their child the other parent said uh, the covid scenario will put my child at risk so i'm not going to allow even the father to come and meet the child or you know the child is right now a uh, very disturbed with uh, just speaking to the father so i'm going to cut the phone off or the child is not interested in taking a conversation with the parent or the child is studying right now so they were actually completely left at the mercy of the parent who lived with the child and that can get very difficult because like you said here are two individuals who are not really at the best place of their relationship and then if you are asking them to co-parent together that becomes an extremely dangerous tool that one of the parent can use to get even so that's where a lot of maturity between the parents is required now you may say that of course that is not existing that is not the uh, scenario so what do you do about it right that is where a lot of voices from not just the legal system because the legal system is saying please go ahead and co-parent share do shared parenting but a lot of voices from the public from the media from the cinema is required that's why a podcast like this is probably going to make a lot of people sit up and take notice of this issue like they say that this is a home matter right ye to ghar ka mamla hai and why should i get involved with something is happening at home i often advocate saying that this is no longer something that you should say i can't get involved with when you see a family or a family who separated saying that one of the parent is absolutely missing from their life 
then I think you you deserve to question this because this is about the future of our generation, right? We are doing so much to nurture our children on so many fronts, but we are not really paying heed to this aspect that one parent is completely missing from their life. Absolutely. Before we delve deeper into the issues that we have been speaking so far, we'll take a quick break and be right back. Is your diet killing you? Are stem cells the future? Am I just one medical bill away from bankruptcy? Demystify these questions and more with Dr. Viroshini and Dr. Ashish as they navigate the frontiers of medical science while breaking the barriers between the patient and the medical fraternity. Tune into Beyond the Diagnosis, not your typical medical podcast. Every fortnight on your favorite podcast network. A Pandemia Inc. production. And welcome back to the Odd Couple podcast. And strangely, we're talking about couples and the alienation between them and how it's affecting children with Gazal Raina, who's uh, heading Milap, a co-parenting support group. Ashish, you had a query? Yeah, so uh, Gazal, I wanted to know a little bit more of this alienation process and why there is provision within the law for alienating a certain parent. Okay. So that's that's another very interesting question. I won't say that there is a provision in law, but it's very difficult to prove alienation, right? Like any other crime, and I would c- categorize this as a crime because it it one it has been accepted as a crime in a lot of other countries. Probably we can speak about it later. But in court, it's very difficult to prove that there is alienation happening because some of the interesting facts that one of the parents says is the child is not interested in meeting the other parent. The child is traumatized by meeting or talking to the other parent. The child actually starts crying or, uh, you know, starts emotionally breaking down. Uh, now, all of these things, uh, remember, the uh, the court always says, let's do everything in the best interest of the child. So when you have the child coming up and saying all of these things, then it puts everybody in a very difficult space and it puts the spotlight on the non-custodial parent saying that there is something wrong with this parent and that's why this child hates his or her own father or mother. And that, of course, is a topic of uh, a lot of discussion about the kind of trauma that it's creating on a parent where Probably because of some reasons and or sometimes because of no reason, they are made to be subjected from this kind of uh, alienation. So that's what happens. So it's never ever a very, nobody is going to openly accept saying I'm alienating my child because I have an issue with my spouse. Uh, we didn't get along well. His his parents were bad to me or they, he cheated me, she cheated me. It's never openly said right so it's very interesting on how the dynamics of alienation are all played to put one of the individuals or one of the other parent into the spotlight you know you also mentioned that abroad alienating is actually against the law because there are a lot of papers which actually show that when a child is actually abused and this is like children who are abused sexually etc they don't really actually go against the person or the predator. They're always like a little, um, I mean, they don't throw them out. But we find that when a child is actually forced to alienate a certain parent, it generally is coming out of 
the coaching which they get from the parent or the lawyers or the the external factors which come um i'll go to the first part of your question which is that parental alienation has actually become part of the legal system and has become a crime or even if it's not a crime i think a few countries have actually made some solid moves into that direction but yes it is very much brought to the courts notice and uh, one of the things that the courts do especially in the us and i think uk is call the family into family counseling and that is where a lot of work can be done by professional certified therapist they work with the children uh, they work with the other parent which i call the non custodial parent and they also work with the alienating parent now a lot of times the alienating parent actually is known to have a lot of personality disorders personality issues i would call it let's let me not sort of diagnose here and say disorder but they have personality issues because of which they are actually resorting to alienation right remember a uh, none of us in our normal day to day lives or interaction with people block people cut them off reject them we only do that one if we believe that the other person is harmful to us or we have issues interacting with people right so we sort of reject them we go into a shell we block them off so through those counseling and mediation sessions counselors actually help the family to arrive at a very safe place to park aside their own insecurities and work at spending time together and bring about shared parenting i wouldn't say it is not completely happening but it is not enforceable it's not made as a process as yet in our country i feel the future on one of the solutions is actually if, if families are made to go through a mandatory term of 3 to 6 months of counseling or therapy they will probably end up spending very little time in the court and the children will spend a lot more time with both parents very amicably i think you made again a very good point about a person who's really trying to alienate the child from the other person should probably have a lot of personality disorders because one of the way they actually do affect the children is by a certain amount of reverse psychology with the child which is saying that if you love that person then you don't love me and for one you are living with this person during the discourse of the law and you're already that other person is alienated and now you're telling that child when you meet that other parent that if you're going to be sharing moments of love with that person then you don't love me and so this starts to build on the child because already they're not getting the love of one parent and now when you're going to start showing love to them then you're saying that oh now i won't love you also so there are a lot of studies within this and that is why the western world is trying to move towards a system of avoiding alienation in their thing yes absolutely and and this is a reality for a lot of children let me take you back to uh, probably movies or maybe even our life in families which don't go through separation and divorce this is a reality what do we ask children when they are young uh, whom do you love more mummy or daddy why do we ask children to take sides why do we force them to look at one parent being more important than the other right these are the seeds of alienation so there will always be points of discord in parenting right parenting is never a smooth journey unfortunately there is no course that anybody goes through in parenting 
we are all taught a lot of other dynamics which to help us build the right skills but for parenting we are never taught any sort of skills and that's why probably i think our country is landing up in this scenario of having more than a one and a half lakh children going through alienation in in such a case where there is a family going through separation and divorce remember it's not just a conflicted past but it's also the current legal system and the churn that they both the couple face or rather ex spouses are facing there is an ecosystem around them which is also hurt because i'm talking about the grandparents because they see their own children going through divorce and rather than trying to balance that hate out they're further instigating them there is an ecosystem where there is a lot of shame and stigma around divorce so people trying to shut up and never talk about what they are going through they never uh, have the courage to tell the world that look i'm going through this so there is additional trauma within them and then of course there is uh, cinema and then there is media which adds a lot of pressure on them saying that if you are a single parent then there's something wrong with you actually i'm i'm completely against the term single parent for families where both the parents are around where are alive so technically there's nobody as a single parent but it's become such a cool tag to use for a lot of parents that it's really sad that they believe that they are the only parent so there has to be a shift in the way we look at separation and divorce it's an unfortunate incident to happen it's also a power that a lot of couples have are experiencing when they are making a choice in the current day but they need to understand that they cannot extend the trauma for the rest of the life for the child and that's where you see a glaring difference between what the west is experiencing one is i think there are enforceable laws there is a lot of awareness psychologically and there was a lot of awareness on mental health there is lot less stigma on going for counseling and therapy especially when you go for divorce and separation there is a lot less family extended family support to anybody so people know that the father or the mother is what the support i get even when they become ex partners and of course there is a lot faster moving on so you see a lot of examples of blended families you have a mother who's got two children from her first marriage she's got three children coming from her current husband's uh, ex partner and everybody's living as a happy family well it is tough but it is happening how many such scenarios do you see in india i i've probably can count them on one single hand of people i know who are living very happy blended families there's a lot of pressure that we've built on and there's a lot of mindset moves and shift we need to make as a culture that's unfortunately where we are but then the fact that we are talking about this on a podcast and we're spending more than an hour talking about it i see that as a huge positive move so gazal i mean you threw a lot of light about the stuff and i can tell you like personally from my side or from sidat side sid can correct me if i'm wrong but you know most of who we know you know who have gone through this type of situations it's generally they co-parenting and they're doing all that they can for for the child to feel that they are loved so for me it was a complete eye opener you know what you're saying because it's like the opposite side and I'm, and most of the people who are listening to this probably also this is new to them you know do you always see this kind of scenarios or is there hope yeah i i would say uh, there are uh, examples of parents who can co-parent beautifully 
they are few they are rare but they are there right let me give you an example of a case that i saw at a lawyer's chamber myself while i was waiting to go in and i see this couple laughing and cracking jokes and back slapping each other they were talking about going on a trip or uh, the one of the parents and uh, when i go in uh, the lawyer actually says that this is a couple who's uh, due to sign their divorce papers i was shocked because i had not seen anybody being on such cordial terms and i also found out that couple had made an arrangement in which the father was living in the same apartment had brought in his parents they were living in another apartment and so did the wife's parents so basically they made sure that the children can walk in from one door to another and just enjoy all of the relationships that are there intact now that's a fabulous real life scenario i've seen and i can tell you that it takes a lot of maturity wisdom to co-parent amicably and that's if you see somebody doing that please pat their backs because it isn't easy to do that yeah that's an amazing story gazal because most parents who do co-parent always do find it difficult because you know they always feel like oh maybe the other person can do a little bit more or are they doing enough but if they are providing this type of environment however difficult it is because it's a lot of extra work to move out to bring your parents and bring these people in but if when you're making that effort you are making a true difference in your child's life so gazal i have one more question for you now obviously the divorce rates are going up compared to what it was earlier when we were kids and now we have a compounded issue of parental alienation which you've spoken at length with as well as how it's affecting the kids and having a not a normal childhood if you want to call it but what are the long term effects on the kids once they become adults as well as on the parents when this whole thing gets dragged out for next 20 30 years right that's one aspect a lot of people don't have or want to have a long term sight on two things one is what happens to children when they are subjected to parental alienation when they have willingly or have been forced to actually look at separating one of the parents from their lives the immediate effect or damage is that the child is not losing just one parent the child is losing an entire family right the there are a huge number of relationships in a child's life grandparents uncles aunt cousins festivals weddings uh memories growing up imagine you're severing a child from all of those set of uh, emotions as well as memories right and probably replacing with them with just hate and anger and then you compound it as you said with car- that child carrying it for the next 40 50 years of their life it's like taking a huge bag and keeping it on your child's back for the rest of their lives second thing is how does separation and divorce actually affect children to a large extent uh, i mean their entire personalities of course there is so much of study that has gone into it thanks to the fact that not just india but the western world also has seen a huge number of divorced families and cases and i think they are making leaps and bounds of progress in at least addressing and coming up with solutions right for whether it is the school education system or it is uh, counseling therapy all of it there is a lot of research that proves that children coming from separated and divorced families 
have a 50% higher chance of actually ending up as divorced individuals themselves it is a lot of factors put together one of it primarily is their own belief system about marriage and relationships two is their ability to navigate conflict three is their belief that if it's not working then the way is out right so those are the factors of the long term i would say repercussions of exposing our children and not being able to actually create a lot of healthy experiences for them despite the divorce and separation i would say you can call it a warning but that's something that i really want parents to look at when they are not able to co-parent together no that's a very good point you made i think when a child is growing up there are two sides which such a child will always see one is like what we had mentioned or you had mentioned earlier which is that um, no two parents parent the same and um, usually when you're parenting you might have different ideas but when you're a child and you get to see how your dad behaves and you see how your mom behaves it helps you create that knowledge of of this and that not just a single sided view to how things are managed and uh, relationships with the opposite sex is usually understood better by watching your parents interact with each other and when that is not there then they are oblivious to how the opposite sex actually reacts oh that's absolutely brilliantly put right a lot of our behaviors that we learn or rather we follow in our adult life are because of the belief systems that we have adopted in our growing up years right including romantic relationships including the dynamics in the family including watching our parents and our grandparents so there is a lot of correction course correction that parents can do despite wanting to separate and divorce so i'm not here to advocate people not separating or families not going in for separation but i'm just here to talk about how you can continue to give your child as normal a childhood as possible Correct, you're right. I think this is a great segue to go into my next question is for the organization or the foundation that you have it's the support group called Milap for co-parenting and parents who have been alienated from their children. How does Milap help in this process and how and how can people who are listening to us right now and who are going through something similar reach out to you and take the support? Yeah, so interestingly, you know, one of the things that actually helps people is the fact that they're not alone they are not the only one going through alienation they're not the only one suffering a huge amount of trauma or shame or sadness with their divorce and i realized this about 8 years back when i started my first support group i was grappling for help right where do i get help to understand what am i going through and that's the time i realized that there's absolutely no training there's no one who prepares you to go through this life experience and i said what if i create a community of people who understand what if i create a community of people who have gone through a shared journey and then compassion the word compassion is easy to flow in that's what a support group gives you it gives you one a safe place to speak because you know that a lot of people will understand that empathy is much easier to derive either to give or to take because there is somebody else who is going through that two is it reinforces a belief that we are actually a community and that we believe in a larger cause 
which is of co-parenting because we're going through a trauma where we understand the damage that it does to us and to our children how can we unite and come together to say that we won't allow it to happen in other families and three it provides a lot of resources interestingly a lot of people come to the support group saying gazal can you help me reunite me with my child because they believe and they see the word milap and it means i'm going to help them what i say is i can only help you to help yourself a support group is a place where you can find the resource to deal with that battle to deal with that journey and to find the strength and the resilience to deal with what you're going through in life that's that's what a support group gives you and that is why we do a lot of sessions we do a lot of meetings for people where uh, we have a counselor we have a therapist we have a lawyer we've got people from from the education background coming to speak so in whatever way we can provide aids and resources to members is what we do uh, i would say thanks to covid i would i would add the word thanks here because in the last 2 to 1 and a half years since we started we were able to actually get connected to members across the country and across the globe so we from our online meetings we we brought people together we put a topic on the table we actually help people to speak about what they are going through and that's something i would say is not available right now uh, given our own mindsets we are not comfortable talking about it so milaf basically is, is is a family it's like a, a really safe platform for people to speak thank you so much uh, gazal because both ashish and i came from a point of absolute ignorance on the subject but we thought it's really important to talk about it and you absolutely open our eyes to what the reality is and understanding it a little better and i would sincerely encourage anybody who are listening to us today and listening to gazal to reach out to milap let me iterate milap is not the the crowdfunding platform that we are familiar with or you might see ads about but they are a support group their facebook as well as instagram and email id will be in there in the show notes for you to reach out and if you need any help at all thank you so much gazal raina for joining us on the odd couple podcast and we hope to chat with you again in the future for a separate episode thank you so much for giving a uh, space to this cause for talking about some questions which are very uncomfortable very difficult but i can tell you that these conversations are actually going to help a lot of families and you've earned and earned a lot of good karma points bringing this cause and this topic on to the table so thank you so much for that thank you gazal thank you all for listening to the odd couple podcast i'd like to remind you all that um, you know this is season 3 and i'd like you all to come and share your stories with us uh, on a slightly different note this show was brought to us by one of our listeners who is going through such a struggle and asked us if we could throw some light on it and put us across with you gazal so it's eye opening this is not something which we think about in our normal life or do we think that exists out there but to know that there's so much of you know a lack of law to really understand and to deliver proper justice to this you know this problem it says that we have a long way to go but it's starting with you and what your organization is doing so thank you so much gazal thank you audience for listening to us please do subscribe and 
add your notes at the bottom. Absolutely. And on the last thing, we have a new podcast, which is just released, which is called Beyond the Diagnosis, which we shall share links in the bottom also. So do check it out where Dr. Ashish and Dr. Viroshni uh, explores the cutting edge of uh, medical science. Uh, and it's very interesting topics that they talk about there. So do check it out. So until the next time, keep tuning to the Odd Couple Podcast. This is Siddharth.